Live from LAPD Firearms Range and Training Facility, this is On Target. The latest from the firearms industry, the products and politics that affect your hobby and liberty. This program may not be politically correct, but it is On Target. Now, your host, Eric Delbert. Good afternoon. Welcome to On Target. We're broadcasting live from the studios of LAPD Firearms Range and Training Facility. That's located at 999 Bethel Road. I'm your host, Eric, along with my father, Phil, who sits here to my left. You know, it's known that we have close ties to law enforcement. Oh, yeah. And uh, this week, um, this week, um, we... uh, (laughs) Will you just sit down, please? I I mean, you've had two hours before the show to get prepared. I turned down the volume out here. Okay. Okay? All right. Let's do it. Um, we, of course, you know, with those ties between law enforcement, we we involved in their training and uh, involved in uh, a lot of things about them. But this week I've had the opportunity to go and uh, sit down with a group of them, actually for a three-day convention um, that had to do with just hostage negotiations. So a lot of times there's critics out there that say, you know, police need more training. And certainly in any profession, um, that is the case. I mean, if you're not up on your training, then you're probably not doing um, service to your profession. And that's not, you know, more evident in law enforcement in the ever-changing world. But this week, after spending three days with uh, not just the Columbus Police Hostage Negotiation Team, but with teams from all over the country, it was amazing to see the intersection of technology and psychology that go together um, to really um, to handle some of these hostage and barricade situations that they encounter all the time. Matter of fact, I think this is the third year in a row that during the event, they got called out on a barricade situation. Really? So, I mean, it, it's really neat to see these these people, uh, you know, in action. And, and really, it just there's a lot of training like this that goes on behind the scenes that people don't even see. Um, but it's it's it, it's amazing uh, the, the the group of people that are out there protecting us. There's a lot of people who think that we should act like robots and be able to respond in split second time. And um, and you know, I see it every day in letters to the editor and people that are just clueless. Right, right. Well, we are the owners of LEPD Firearms Range and Training Facility and our active law enforcement. But for one hour on Saturdays, we put together a group of firearm experts to discuss new products in the market, training tips, and oftentimes political topics surrounding the Second Amendment. Our commitment, though, has always been to bring you the facts about our industry and ultimately help our listeners and our customers with safe, responsible ownership of firearms. Let me start by saying a... Thanks to Lieutenant Governor Husted, who was on with us last week. Um, <clears throat> I mean, what a wonderful, what wonderful person we've always, um, you know, appreciated him jumping on with us. We of course spoke alongside him and the governor. Um, actually, it's been about a week and a half now when they rolled out a proposal to strengthen the NICS background check system. Um, and really, the proposal, the gist of it, was to to really help with the timeliness and the accuracy of the information going into NICS, which is everyone should be on board with that. There's no reason we all collectively shouldn't want that system to be as strong as it should be. And there was holes in it, and there's been holes in it for some time. And they've identified that, and they're on their way to fixing it, which is great. Now, the governor, about a month ago, rolled out a 17-step program. Um, to help curb gun violence. And this was one of them, as is uh, getting uh, more serious about criminals who are caught with guns. And that, that stuff is great. But there was two things 
in that that were that have a lot of the Second Amendment guys um, worried, and that is any any discussion about universal background checks, and we've talked about the pitfalls of that, um, and then also the, the the term these days everyone throws around is the red flag laws, and personally, we we haven't seen any proposals across the board on either of these that we felt remotely comfortable with. Now, there's too many pitfalls and there's not enough um, benefit from these. And so we've, you know, we've always taken a, a kind of a high level and said, you know what, there's nothing that we've seen so far that's even in the ballpark or remotely something that, that we could support. But that doesn't stop people from just simply associating us with everything the governor has proposed out there. So this week, um, this week, uh, we were her actually happened yesterday that uh, somebody put a posting out on um, it was a, a, a page that is a pro gun website for Ohio. And they put a page out there how how we are for the red flag laws lock step with the governor. And wow, we should we should protest LEPD. And uh, this uh, obviously didn't go over too big here because it's something we, we pride ourselves in is the character of what we deliver here. It's always fact-based. And um, we'll tell you kind of our thoughts. And if it, you know, if, if that was the case, I would stand behind it. But that just simply wasn't the case. And so I guess the point is that the Internet, though a wonderful source of information, is also a very dangerous source of misinformation. And this is from both sides. Both sides. It's filled with paper tigers. People have no responsibility for what they put out there and they think that they can just put something out there and let it be. Well, this gentleman found out otherwise. The post has since been taken down and we, we tell people, even on our own sites, you should never take something for face value. Research yep. it yourself. Don't don't just read the headline and go with that. And, and so this was a perfect example of that and it's something that we should all you know, take a step back and look at this was a pro-gun site, you know, giving us grief that had was totally false and fictitious. You stated that, Eric, very professionally. I think I would have been a little bit more straightforward. You know, don't put out stuff on the Internet that is false, number one. And number two, because it's false, it's going to interfere with our livelihood and our business here. That, you know... Right. And well, Simple in that. And you know what? We've always taken a stance. When those things have come down, whether intentional or not, I view that as a hostile, uh, you know, a hostile uh, interaction on our business. And we will do whatever yeah. is necessary to to go to that person and, and, you know, demand they take it. It's not true. I mean, it's, it's not, not true. true. Yeah. And if it affects our business, then you're affecting my livelihood and you're going to hear from us. Yeah. And it not only affects our livelihood. But how much time do you spend on that trying to set everything straight? Right. You know, it is it is downright pathetic. And, and the fact in this case is w presumably we're all on the same side here. I mean, we need to collectively have a voice for, you know, standing up for the Second Amendment or we're going to turn around and it's not going to be like we think it is yeah. today for future generations. I mean, this yeah. is it's nuts there, that, that this goes on. There are people out there that are so far right they're out the door and and we don't necessarily agree with them you know on everything that comes out of their mouths right yeah. so there's just and it could have been just one individual but i will say he did reach out to us late last night apologize because he uh, admitted that all he did was see us standing beside the governor in that mm -hmm. video 
and just assumed his words. He made an assumption that uh, that you know we're lock, stock, and barrel. So it's just good to show you gotta you can't uh, take everything on face value. So what are we doing today? Well, we have a bunch of news stories. JC, I mean, you're you're like the newsman today. Uh, there's there's so much news out there. Uh, we could do a two-hour show on it and just scratch the surface. But uh, uh, before we do that, uh, this is a one-year anniversary of a very sad moment uh, for uh, LEPD, and that was the passing of one of our just stalwart employees, uh, Tommy Skufka, died uh, at the tender age of 53, died a year ago, well, I think yesterday. And uh, we miss him dearly, wow. and our best goes out still to the to the wow. family. And well, I still remember I bought uh, he he was desperate for to buy something in the store, and uh, I, t- I said I'll loan you the money if you need to get no 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 I won't borrow the money I need to, I need to sell something. So I <laughs> had a, a pump shotgun that I bought from him. I, I call it my Tommy gun, even though it's a pump shotgun, simply because uh, uh, he was so desperate to get uh, something that you tantalized him with, Eric. And uh, uh, he was a big revolver guy. I mean, he loved revolvers. And we had a we had a, a common uh, interest in that, so um, uh, he was a such a great guy. We miss him dearly. So um, yeah, we do. And uh, I, I, I can't, yeah, I can't believe it. It's been a year uh, since since his passing and stuff. So, yeah. always thoughts and prayers. And actually, on on a on a good note, actually two good notes. Two his good notes. son has since graduated from high school and joined the army, yep. kind of following in Tommy's footsteps. Following in his footsteps. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tommy yeah. was army airborne, and uh, just uh, just uh, what a great guy. That's right. great. All right. Yep, and uh, and you know what today too, Papa, we uh-huh. were thinking. I mean, we kind of this kind of came about here recently, so I'm gonna have to, I guess, tell the sell, tell the salespeople. But in, in Tommy's honor, who was a revolver guy through and through, so it was kind of nice to have him uh, right there beside us in our liking for revolvers. Any used revolver we have here, and we have a bunch of used ones and stuff. If you come in today and you say you heard it on the show, you heard that tribute to Tommy and stuff. 10% off. 10% off. Will that work, Papa? 10% will, off? Will that work for employees? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe so, not. 10% off on used revolvers just today in honor of our good friend Tommy. That voice to my left is, of course, my father. Hey, you you made you made a debut this week on TV. It was purely a mistake. I, was, I, I never get behind the sales counter. All right? And if I am behind there, it's because I'm going from point A to point B. And boom, right there, I was behind the sales counter, kind of looking like I knew what I was doing. And uh, was it uh, the uh, Spectrum lady? Yeah, was there filming? So I'm there, you know. Right now, maybe next time you'll get a speaking part. They don't want me to speak, Eric. And you know, and for the sake of the store and you, uh, you don't want me on the air. I, I mean it. But uh, do you have a minute so I can uh, blast the dispatch? <laughs> Why not? We Why not? everyone else today. Investigated journalism. Okay? I mean, that's that's what they always say. You know, that's what they're always... You know, it's our duty to investigate. So they always have these stories about these kids being caught at school with a, with a gun right. in their backpack, loaded or whatever, or some kid killed another kid and and most of these kids are under 18 years old and first question is where they get the gun but the dispatch never covers that they never follow through on that even if it's a day or two later i would like to see them do a little bit of research and find out where they got the firearm from because just deducing it's probably off the streets it's being stolen like we said for a long time 
it's not something that's going to get caught in a background check, mm -hmm. by an assault weapons ban, right? By you know universal background checks. But uh, sometimes I think the dispatch just kind of let that let that stuff drop, and uh, yep. you know, and they're not the only ones. No, they're not. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Rampart Hosting, Toyota West, Jackson Lawn Care, and Egress Windows. The Trigger Group, Black Wing Shooting Center, River's Edge Cutlery, and CNS Engraving. Actually, I saw the River's Edge guys this week. Uh, great guys over there. Uh, mm -hmm. And, of course, LAPD Training Facility, all who make the show possible each week. If you could miss the show, you can always catch the podcast. It's at 610WTVN.com. It's on iTunes. It's on Google Podcasts. And it's on Facebook. That's where we're at right now. You can watch us live. You can see some of the Gun of the Weeks. And uh, it's out there. It's out there uh, for uh, in weeks to, you know, weeks ago. The show's out there. You can go out there and see it. It's also on our YouTube channel. So you, right. um, if, you, if you're watching the game, which uh, I think we're watching it here on the back, um, well, TV. It's uh, it's it started, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. It's not a good game. Yeah. And uh, but many places to see it. So, um, JC, we have about a minute uh, for some news stories. You have a, a quick one here before we go into break. Oh, news story. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> just uh, real quickly, uh, we know how how bad it is. This headline caught my eye. So it wasn't my headline, but it said Joe Biden absolutely mindless. And I thought, hey, we already know he was a little bit on the offside, but I thought he actually blew a gasket. But what it was, was he actually made a statement after the shooting spree, and you can watch in the video, uh, his, his quote was, it's absolutely mindless that we haven't banned magazines that can hold multiple bullets in them. A magazine that can hold multiple bullets. I don't know of any one-round magazines out there, so uh, that statement that he made, in his words, absolutely mindless, I think it definitely applies to him. And well, another uh, one, MSNC commentator, former Congresswoman Donna Edwards, on Wednesday night on MSNBC, her quote was that that um, <laughs> that shooters are, are killing thousands of people with high-capacity ammunition. And the quote was, no, they're getting these automatic rifles using high-capacity ammunition, and they're killing, mowing down hundreds, thousands of people every single year. Uh, this is like, <laughs> I just can't believe the garbage that's going out there. As we know, last year... Do we have fire, any? I think last year the FBI said 403... People uh, were killed with rifles. That's not just the you know AR style rifles. It's all rifles in the United States. Uh, Four hundred and three. Uh, but no, uh, Congresswoman, ex Congresswoman Don Edwards. Hundreds, thousands of people every single year being no doubt. Uh, Don't we have some high capacity ammunition, Eric? We sold out of it after she said that. People, there's a run on it. We uh, no high longer have high-capacity ammo, so just let people uh, know. All right. Hey, when we come yeah. back from the break, JC, we're going to get to some of the, uh, the other news stories. Paul, Paul, I think this song might be for you. With, with 
the left coming out with their theme songs like this, Paul Paul, I mean, they, they're really hitting, hitting the nail oh, on the head. Wow. Tell wow. me lies. I mean, what Tell more did you want from a uh, theme song? Who's that by, Paul Paul? Uh, that was, I think that was Fleetwood Mac. That's I'm not right. sure. Hey, I want to ask you one question. What term is partly mostly cloudy? Partly mostly cloudy. <laughs> I just read it off the page. What? It was on the page? <laughs> Mostly to partly cloudy, maybe. Oh, mostly to partly. Okay. And there's a distinction. I mean, sometimes I look out there, I'm thinking, well, that's mostly cloudy. But then there's other times. That's partially cloudy. Mostly to partly. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Welcome back to Home Target. You know, if you can't do the weather, I'll do it, okay? I need you to. Okay. If you can give us a score, that would be really good, though, Papa. Welcome back to Home Target. I'm the host, Eric, along with my co-owner, Father Phil, sister, my left, JC, here as well with us. And uh, we're talking about some of the latest news of the day. There, there has been so much news, JC. Um, I mean, some good, some not so good. And, and you know what? We, we laugh about it and we poke fun about it. But it, it's really a sad state of affairs when, when you look at the, the quote that you just gave there from uh, former Vice President Biden and, and then um, the, uh, the other lady, Donna Edwards, who was a senator. It, it's just so, it, it's so disturbing to see that these people are in charge of setting standards for legislation and for laws. It's just, I, I can't believe we don't have anyone better to put up there. I mean, that, that's the thing that's surprising to me. We need so. to uh, start requiring IQ tests uh, for before the, I mean, this is what Donna Edwards said. It's just, I mean, it's just flabbergasting. I mean, how well, you stupid, know, I mean, it really was a stupid statement. Well, you know, if they, if they do that, if they misquote things about firearms, what else are they misquoting? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's like the it's thing. a license to lie. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. In reality, it does. It makes you wonder. I mean, we happen to know firearms, so when when it comes across, it's evident. But I don't know. I'm not versed in all these other topics, and it, it makes you seriously doubt that. And it's yeah. it's kind of a, a stat, sad state of affairs. So, JC, what else you got? I saw. I heard something. Tell me if this is right. It was some late breaking news today about um, about the feds going to Apple and to Google. Oh, this is this is this is a major story. Um, this is just just happened. As a matter of fact, um, the Justice Department put in their application. I'm, uh, the government put in their application. To the Justice Department just on uh, on Thursday. So uh, uh, the story broke yesterday, and uh, you folks can see it on the gun feed. It's their headline story. Uh, and this was a scoop that happened kind of by accident. This was supposed to be sealed records, but before these records got sealed from access to the public, somebody got wind of it and just pulled it up a couple of hours earlier, so we know about it. So here it is. The feds uh, demanding Apple and Google hand over the names of over uh, 10,000 users of a GunScope application. Now get this, Apple doesn't keep track of it. Google had over 10,000 names. Uh, Apple probably has uh, equally as many, I would imagine, or close to it. So it, it, the article, and this is this was out of Forbes magazine, said, "Hey, you own a rifle? You got a scope to go with it? Well, guess what? The U.S. government might soon know who you are, where you live, and how to reach you. Is that scary?" So the government wanted Apple and Google to hand over names, phone numbers, uh, on uh, the uh, uh, computer addresses of of a, you know ten thousand to I don't know how many that uh, again that uh, Apple has on theirs users of a single gun scope application. So it's an unprecedented move in the United States. Never before in the United States has a case been disclosed in which American investigators demanded personal data 
of users of a single application. The application um, is called Obsidian 4. Uh, it's a tool used to control rifle scopes. Uh, initially, the, the, this app was made by a night vision specialist, uh, American Technologies uh, Network, ATN is what most people are familiar with. It allows gun owners to get a live stream, take video, calibrate their gun scopes from a, either an Android or an iPhone device. Um, the, the deal is, is this is a, uh, it is a mass information that will include data on, on tens of thousands of Americans that have nothing to do with crimes. They're not being investigated. Uh, privacy uh, av- uh, activists are just like uh, outraged about this. They said this is, this is really really crazy. Uh, Ex uh, NSA uh, uh, computer uh, cyber computer guy just said that uh, it's the first time in history that uh, that uh, the United States has ever asked for uh, this kind of uh, wide sweeping uh, information on people that are just you know probably all law abiding. And what came up with it is there's a, um, um, the ITAR, which is the International Trade and Arms uh, Negotiation. Um, uh, that's their, uh, uh, the rules and regulations saying that we can't export our super secret technology to other countries. We don't want the bad guys getting it, and that's part of it. Well, apparently uh, the ICE uh, folks have found that some of the Mexicans have had uh, scopes that should have not been in their possession. But uh, how they came up with this, one of the ways that you focus those scopes can be with the Subsidian 4 application. But they wow. ask for every That's person crazy. in the United that... States. And talk about, um, I mean, wide sweeping. Um, they said if this would go into place, why, why wouldn't the government, you know, just be able to ask any kind of information on anybody? So, so wow. far, I mean, this just happened. So Apple and Google have been told to hand over you know, the names and, and uh, telephone numbers and IP addresses and everything. They haven't complied yet because this just happened on Thursday. But wow. uh, if this would happen, this is really, really crazy. What? Again, it was supposed to have been sealed, but uh, they got it ahead of time. So this is crazy news. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. What a big waste of our taxpayer dollars for for the feds to be looking into stuff like this that anybody at any time can change out their firearm not have a scope, have right. a scope. I, uh, one time I had a scope on my 22 when we hunted squirrels. Right. Yeah. Know, that's crazy. And, yeah, it is. It's nuts. And, J.C., we talk about, you know, people from the outside looking in saying the Second Amendment group groups are paranoid. And let me tell you a little bit why. Because you, you see these politicians uh, do crazy things. You, you hear stuff like this that uh, is going on with Apple and Google. And then this last story here, and we're going to try to squeeze this in before the break real quick, is that, um, you know, there's there's a fear that stuff's going to happen via executive order. Something's going to happen and all of a sudden magazines are going to be banned or something, just like the bump stock was, right? Well, JC, did you hear this week that San Francisco voted to put the NRA on the um, terrorist... Uh, to Domestic terrorist list that if you're NRA, an NRA member, yeah. and these are the supervisors of the city of San Francisco, there's seven of them, and they put in this 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 uh, um, kind of rule that, hey, if you're a member of the NRA, it's a, you're a domestic terrorist, and it's a domestic terrorist organization, they're going to use that in screening uh, applications uh, for, for uh, jobs and uh, and for contracts to uh, uh, for contractors to come in and do city work. 
Wow. That, uh, they, if you're an NRA member or have anybody in there, then that's a domestic terrorist. I just... What, where is this coming from? Well, of course, it's San Francisco. Hey, JC, let's, but... let's get to the bottom of our break here. We'll continue that after okay. the news here because we're a little bit late. We're on target. We'll be back after the bottom of the hour news. Live from LDPD Firearms Range and Training Facility, this is On Target. The latest from the firearms industry, the products and politics that affect your hobby and liberty. This program may not be politically correct, but it is On Target. Now, your host, Eric Del. Welcome back to On Target. I'm your host, Eric, joined today in the LEPD studios with my father, co-owner, Phil. Says to my left, JC from the sales team is with us as well. Talking about some of the latest news of the day. Uh, there's so much. And honestly, guys, I've been looking at my little sheet here. I'm not sure we're going to get too many accessories today because my buddy Richie is going to be calling in here in about 10 minutes. So let's, uh, let's finish up with some news. JC, we still have your gun of the week to get to. But... Um, and, uh, you know, as we were going into break, we were talking about the NRA being designated a domestic terrorist now in San Francisco. And what does that mean? Well, a lot of that is, is probably just on paper. But, J.C., couldn't this influence bids if you are a member of the NRA organization and you go to place a bid with it for the city services and stuff? Oh, oh, absolutely. With San Francisco, I think that that, uh, you know, and I think that's what they want. Um, you know, they, they want to paint everybody. Uh, let's face it. I hate to say this, but you would think that there's not a Democrat out there that appreciates the Second Amendment on our Constitution. But they are they're out to take your guns. with simple as that. They're not even dancing around about it anymore. You look at the top candidates. They want to disarm you just like they tried to do in New Zealand. And that's what they want. So, uh uh, San Francisco, just a mouthpiece. I think they want to catch, you know, they want to be a virus that catches on with other democratically controlled cities, and I, I, I think that that's what they're going for. So, right, uh, and it's uh, a, it's a shame. It's a shame because we have, and, and we kind of joke with them, but we have a lot of customers who come in here who would probably label themselves more left-leaning, but they're, they're gun people, and we, we have great discussions with them. And, but it just like, you know, I guess just like on our side, the, these cities like this uh, stand up, and then all of a sudden it, it paints a broad brush of, of their side of the house, which, which unfortunately it doesn't, they don't speak for everyone. I mean, we see it all the time right here in the store. So speaking of, about not speaking for everyone, Jay, did you hear the Walmart news this week? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I think that I think I made every news uh, station in the in the country, and uh, it's uh, what's kind of ironic. And you and I talked about this uh, recently before this announcement, and the, the announcement was, of course, that Walmart is going to stop selling any ammunition for uh, ARs. They specifically said uh, 223 and the 5.56 ammunition, uh, and any short-barreled handgun-style rifles, um, uh, like the many of the AR uh, styles are, but also all handgun ammunition. So, they, I mean, they don't want America to be able to defend themselves by going to Walmart and buying ammo. That, that one really shocked me, all handgun ammunition. Now, questions came up. Uh, they didn't delineate exactly what rounds. They had a news conference on Friday, and they didn't say, uh, hey, uh, some people said, what about the 22s? That's the most common round in America, probably about uh, six, seven billion rounds a year fired of that in rifles and in handguns. Are they going to stop selling that? The president said he, he wasn't quite certain, the president of the company of Walmart. But um, uh, the ironic thing about that was is just recently before that was announced, there was a guy who went berserk uh, at one of the Walmarts, uh, I believe in the state of Washington, and um, uh, went in and fired uh, a handgun into a 
one of the glass counters there, uh, didn't hit anybody, but went out and tried to hijack two cars, shot one of the people that resisted in the parking lot, tried to hijack another car, when armed customers, probably concealed carry holders, um, one of them pulled out a gun and, uh, and took the guy out. Um, he did kill the, kill the guy. But, but here's one of the customers using a handgun, uh, probably with ammo purchased to Walmart, to save uh, a mass shooting at Walmart. Yet, uh, then right after that, uh, Walmart uh, says they're announcing across the nation um, that they're doing, uh, that they're stopping all handgun ammunition sales. So they only represent 2% of the ammo sold, just so you know. So it's not like, oh my goodness, Walmart, but it is, you know, about 2% of the ammo sold in the United States. But um, anyway, I've heard, uh, really, I've really I've heard crazy. mixed numbers on that, JC. I've heard 2 to 20%. I don't know. We'll have to research that a little bit. But I mean, yeah, there's a, there, yeah, there's a lot of variation there. They are going to continue to sell shotguns and rifle ammunition that is, you know, like for, for your thirty odd six and your thirty thirty and that kind of stuff. But right. Not for the. And yeah, I mean, honestly, part. from a from a business standpoint, I mean, it, it, it's good for us. I mean, you know, we, we sell a ton of ammo here and have a lot of bulk ammo, but it's just it's just disheartening to see a company of that size cave, just like Dixon and Field and Stream did, to to false falsehoods and stuff. And now I will tell you this: this was kind of funny. I don't know if, uh, if you saw this out there, JC, and, and to give you a little heads up: this is fake news. This is fictitious. This well, isn't right. No, this was fake news on the internet, right? It was on this, the internet. The same thing that you just spoke about earlier in the right, show, right? Okay. Funny. Okay. Um, there was a, a story that came out. Obviously, it wasn't true. And it says uh, Walmart is um, is discontinuing auto part sales to prevent car accidents. And the quote from the fictitious Walmart executive was, We can no longer be complicit in an industry that kills 3,000 people a day, said a Walmart spokesman. Every time we sell a muffler, a steering wheel cover, or a flame decal, we are potentially causing the death of a person, and we cannot support that any longer or have that on our conscience. Again, it was a spoof, but it was kind of funny because it is, it's the same thinking. I mean, it uh, has, you know, if, if you're going to do that, you may as well go, you know, go down, get, get down the entire list. So, so JC, it, it, it is, uh, it's a little bit behind. You have about two and a half minutes for a gun of the week that, I, honestly, Dad and I were talking I hate to say this, JC, but I think you're making it up. We haven't seen the gun. It's not here on the table. I've never seen one of these. And he's never, you know, given me the opportunity to do any research on it. Right. You know, thanks a lot for the communication, John. <laughs> so what well, do you have, I'm JC, you, for Gun of the Week? Your, your research would have been slim because the gun is so rare, I had a hard time finding it under the name of the actual gun. All right, the Gun of the Week, and I, I love it because of the, it's, it's odd, it's historical, I have to have one in the National Firearms Museum, uh, so it's pretty cool. But uh, it is called the gun of the week is called the Shall S C H A L L. Um, it was originally called the Fiala Model 1920 was the original name. Now this is it's it, what's interesting. I, I'll do it really quickly. But Anthony Fiala was an Arctic explorer. He tried to find the North Pole. Uh, with a group of folks uh, that led the expedition. He was on the expedition in 1903. It uh, took them until 1905 to get there. They got iced in, and they were stranded for two years in the Arctic. Uh, just, you, it, it's just amazing. Two years stranded before they got rescued. A couple years later, in, in 2007, he went back and tried it again. They did not find the, the, the North Pole, but uh, this guy's an adventurer. Well, while he was there, he decided, you know what, these semi-automatics don't work in Arctic temperatures. So he invented a gun that looks just like an old 
high standard military or like an early um, uh, uh, pre-war cult woodsman, except it's, it's a has a magazine and it looks exactly like a semi-automatic, but you have to pull the slide back manually each time and push it forward to load the round. Other than that, you would swear it is a semi-automatic. And he did that because he said in the super cold weather, um, they, uh, they, they wouldn't function uh, back then, so you did it manually. And uh, it's an incredibly interesting little gun. Well, he only sold them for like three years. 1920, 1923, he went bankrupt. But um, another company came and, and used the name and picked it up, and then another one. Well, the company that was manufacturing every one of these was called Shaw, S-C-H-A-L-L, out of New Haven, Connecticut, where all these were located. And um, they uh, went ahead and, and put their own name on it, so they'd been manufacturing them from the beginning, and did that for a couple of, uh, uh, a couple of years. And so I think the sales ceased in, in the early 30s. They only made 5,000 total under all of these names, and the least were made by the Shaw, S-C-H-A-L-L. And one of our good uh, good customers, Zane, uh, brought brought his in. It is just absolutely beautiful. And it's uh, just a very interesting single-shot magazine fed. Looks like it looks like the magazine would fit into a high standard or an old Colt. Uh, but a very interesting gun. Six and a half inch barrels, what it came with. And um, um, it's a rare, rare, rare piece. So that was the gun of the week. JC, uh, so, what caliber uh, was that? It's 22, 22 long. 22. Just a 22 long rifle, and uh, they marked it as it didn't lose any power uh, opening up the slide because the slide was locked whenever you pushed it manually forward, and you had to pull it out to eject it. But uh, to me, I thought it was a broken semi-automatic. But no, yeah. it was actually designed that way. So uh, interesting gun. Well, that is. That's neat. It'd be neat. To, uh, we'll have to. I know one of our customers has it. It'd be neat to uh, when he comes back in to check it out and maybe post. Yeah, it have him bring it back in. It's really interesting to see, but very little information on it because I made so few few of those. So pretty interesting. Good, good, good. JC, before we go into break, I was just looking through our list here real quick. I know you had a stat that was uh, super interesting uh, on uh, in regards to Maine, and uh, they, they oh, had. Uh, they, yeah. This is this is very interesting. Uh, um, you know, we like to give facts here, and uh, the facts are so important to us. And uh, just so you know, U.S. World News and World Report, okay, uh, came out with a list of the top 50 states in the order of which ones are safest and uh, to live in. Well, Maine, the state of Maine, in 2015 just passed a constitutional carry. They are a permitless state. Now, anybody without a permit can carry. Um, uh, according to the Constitution, of your right to bear arms. Well, guess what? Maine was named as the safest state in the United States of America in violent criminal uh, acts. <laughs> the safest state really? in America. And, of course, they're right next door to one of my favorite states, Vermont. And Vermont has been a constitutional carry state, I think, longer than anybody. And guess what? They're the number two. They just got edged out by Maine. They've been the number one safest state. Now they're just slightly lower at number two of the two safest states in the nation. And Vermont was the first state with uh, constitutional carry in Maine since uh, 2015. And guess what? There's no onslaught. It's a safe, safe way to live. And, uh, and I guess you're not going to see that uh, on the Bloomberg News, are you? 
I so, guess not. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. When we come back from the break, uh, we're going to get to, um, actually, hopefully, uh, my uh, buddy Richie is going to call in, talk about some of the things that are going on in the industry, maybe talk a little accessories. We're on Target Broadcasting Live from the studios of LEPD Firearms and Range. We'll be right back after the break. Target. I'm your host, Eric, joined today with my father, the weatherman, Phil. And that's how you do it, Eric. That well, You just made it up. Did I make did it you up? Read it, or did you read it off? The, was that I, this week's weather? I don't know. I was <laughs> reading was something. Good. That was good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That song there, uh, in, in honor of our, uh, our, geez, our fallen buddy, went one year since Tommy Skufka passed way, uh, way, way uh, too early. And uh, was always a fan of the 80s rock, the 70s rock. And uh, I'm going to say there might be a little uh, tipping of the glass to him tonight. So, uh uh, yeah, good, good friend. Sorry to see him go. Speaking of good friends, on the line with us right now, and let me get out my paper here. Right now, on the line with us, my buddy Richie, who is president of Tactical Applications Consulting and Training, former SIG Special Weapons Coordinator, 20 years in the industry, Patriots fan, and enjoys a nice bourbon by himself at night. Now, that's kind of weird, but Richie is on with us. Welcome back, Richie. I gotta pull over. I, I I can't take that intro. That that just touched me in all the right places. <laughs> you know what? You 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 sent it to me. I, well, I just read it. <laughs> no, Actually, you know I'm 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 a, I'm a I'm a whiskey drinker, but an occasional bourbon is okay. <laughs> you know what, Rich? We, we um, for those of you who uh, who haven't heard Rich on the program, um, a, a dear friend, and really, Rich, you've been a friend since since I've been in this industry. Um, I think we've said over ten years ago now, and you really have done a, a you always have your finger on the pulse of what's going on and so many times early especially early on you would call me up and say uh you know eric you need to buy this or you know the, watch this warning sign so we really appreciate that and uh I, I wish you the only thing the only regret is i wish you you lived a little closer here but that's all right we'll keep you up there in the northeast yeah. well as we've been talking over the last few years it's only a matter of time i i make a promise i will be coming to ohio one of these days that's great. So, Richie, there's a lot of things going on. I know you and I talked this week. Uh, SIG 365 is coming out with, with something new. SIG is now introducing the 365 SAS, which is their SIG anti-snag pistol. Now, the original SAS version came around right around 2005, 2006, right around the time that I was there. And what they did is they uh, rolled it into the 239 and 229, and they had dehorned the slide, rounded the edges. Uh, it was a t it was offered in a two-tone with really nice uh, wooden grips. And it, they also offered one of the very first pistols to offer only a front night sight. The rear sight were standard two-dot combat, but just the front night sight. And the thought process behind that was is, well, God forbid that you have a threat and you want to neutralize that threat. You're never going to really get your sight picture, but you are going to look at that front post. So why not have it be a nice, big, bright night sight? So they took the SAS design and rolled it into the 365, and they went a little bit farther than what they have in the past. The gun has no front sight. 
but it does have a sight setup in the rear located where the MOS plate would be, and it's a fiber optic sight with a very short sight radius. Uh, it's a compensated version, and I gotta be honest with you, I like it because if you look at the gun on the top of the slide, there is no protrusion. There is there is nothing that can get snagged if you're coming up out of a inside the waistband holster or if you're trying to push your clothing aside. I'm a big compensated guy. I know some people kind of on the fence worried about flashing and blinding. Um, I'm, I don't have that worry, but I think it's a really nice design. And, uh, you know what, Rich? We always talk here. I mean, our CCW classes, we emphasize that up close, that 10 to 15 feet, you know, where an encounter is more likely to happen. And we do a lot of point shooting and a lot of um, one-handed shooting in our class and in a lot of our classes. And it's funny because, JC, what what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of little, you know, 25s, 380s, and 32s with no sights on it? Well, I mean, these are what we used to call belly guns, but these are the personal protection guns that you have. When, when, the, when the stuff happens, even the FBI says over 8% of the time, it's, you know, three shots within three seconds and within three yards. So it's all close up and personal. And when your heart's in your throat and uh, someone's coming at you, at the time to line up your sights are pretty slim. That's why we teach that finger pointing with a, a bullet coming out within about three inches of where your finger's pointed. And that's, that's kind of what we do. But these are the self-defense guns that you want. So it looks like they are, are catering to that, that uh, market with snag-free uh, a uh, small firearm, and they, they kind of hit a home run with that 365, didn't they, Richard? Yeah, they did. And, Jason, I got to tell you, you just brought a smile to my face. You're one of the only persons I have ever heard bring up three rules. Three yards, three shots, three seconds. Not many people know about that. So you brought a smile to my face. I'm glad it's still out there. Okay. Well, we're, we're teaching it here, so. That's <laughs> right. Wonderful. And guys, you know, I mean, one of the things I, that immediately came to my mind is you look at, you know, the, the traditional J-frame revolver that really didn't have much on the sights, and the C-camps. The C-camps, yep. you need yeah. nothing on the sights. So, I mean, it, it goes right along that, and it's, you know, I think too often we all get hung up on trigger pull and, you know, shooting the tin ring out at 25 feet, and but when it comes down to it, it is that, you know, that, you know, 10, 15 feet that it's going to occur in. So, uh, great. We'll look for that coming out. So, Richie, we got a couple minutes left here. Uh, you and I talked earlier in the week about Walmart. What do, you, what do you think the impact of them not carrying ammunition anymore is going to be on the market? Well, listen, I, I want to know how I, I've never heard of short-barreled ammunition. Do you have that in stock, by the way? Because I hear the news <laughs> reporting it all the time. I'm like, what are they talking about? Rich, we sold out of it. Um, along with the, um, the yeah, high-capacity high ammo. ammo. When, yeah. they, when they talked about the high-capacity ammo this week, we had to run and we're out. So, Yeah. But, listen, honestly, I want all the big box stores, and, and, and some people may find this shocking, I want them to stop selling guns. I want them to stop selling ammo because you know why? That's going to bring all the business to the dealers, the FFL, the mom-and-pop shops that are out there, and it's going to reduce the price because... Ammunition companies have been selling ammo to big box stores by the container. Well, now that that pipeline has been shut off, you're going to see a substantial reduction in price in ammunition. And I know up front, a lot of people online on Facebook and stuff were complaining about, well, my local guys are, you know, 10, 15 percent higher. Well, I don't see that in the future. In the immediate future, I see a substantial price in ammo. Uh, probably, I'm going to go high on this, probably as much as 30 percent. 
Wow. Years ago, I knew wow. what the ammo. I knew what the ammo production numbers were yearly. Unfortunately, it evades me, but it's a staggering number. It's absolutely staggering how many millions of rounds they manufacture. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I I want Walmart to stop selling guns. I want Dick's to start selling guns. That is going to support the core of our industry. You know, the 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 FFL dealers throughout the United States, the privately owned businesses, and I, and I support it. I want them to stop selling them. Yeah, it's, it's true. Well, Richie, we have about one minute left. Any last thing you're hearing on the street that we should know about that we can hear here first? Mm, Springfield has got something with a clock ticking down online. I've got a little intel, but, you know, those <laughs> non-disclosure agreements are always a pain in the butt. I know, I know. Well, you'll have to jump back on with us uh, when that when that comes about. Anything from uh, Anything from Glock? Uh, no, actually, I was hanging out with Glock yesterday at the Boston PD shooting range on Moon Island in Quincy, Massachusetts. They're pushing the MOS. That seems to be where the agencies are going to be going in the future. Uh, my prediction is probably within the next five years, you're going to see well over 50% of agencies carrying MOS guns. Yeah, we're seeing that more and more. Uh, here in our market as well. Well, Rich, that's my good buddy Rich from uh, the New England area. And um, thanks so much for jumping on, as usual. Always good to hear from you. I'm sure I'll talk to you during the week. But thanks for taking time out of your day um, to talk to us on the weekend. So, guys, that's it. Another hour uh, gone by. Ohio State was leading. I can't see from here. Still looks like 7 to nothing. Does that sound right, Papa? I don't know. I haven't looked either. My, haven't looked either? My back's to the screen here, Eric. <laughs> Next week, we are going to get to some of the accessories that you can't live without. Have a great week. Stop by and see us. We have wonderful estate sale going on right now. There is so many neat things here in the store. And if I can keep Paul Paul out of my office, uh, they will be for sale here shortly. Uh, stop by and see us. Our training is uh, picking up again. Uh, get on the this, this schedule for that. And uh, have a great week. Go Bucks, And uh, we'll talk to you next week.